Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Rangers come back again Friday night and beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-3 in Game 6 at Pittsburgh and force an epic Game 7 on Sunday. So let's go ahead and get started. The New York Rangers Friday night again came back to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins after trailing 2-0 in Pittsburgh. They won 5-3 in dramatic fashion to force what should be an epic Game 7 back at the Garden Sunday night. This game was filled with some heated exchanges, big hits, a lot of frustration on both sides, and yet another game where the Rangers started poorly, but then stormed back to win. The Rangers special teams, by the way, also reasserted themselves on Friday night. The power play went 2-for-3, and the penalty kill was 3-for-3. The Rangers power play continues to be a dynamic weapon in the playoffs, just as it has all season long. Sidney's Crosby's absence, though, loomed large in this game, as Truba's hit it caused some vitriol among the Pittsburgh Penguins fans and the Pittsburgh coach and the Pittsburgh team. They were, like, all over Twitter posting how, you know, bad a hit it was, Truba, this and that. In any case, there was no penalty. There was no lead discipline. It was reviewed because poor Crosby couldn't play. But the crowd was booing every time Truba touched the puck. In between their derisive Igor chants, the crowd found a lot of time to boo Truba every time he touched it. Constant booing. So early on, there was a very, very weak interference penalty called on the Rangers a few minutes into the game. Um, as the Igor chants rained down during the power play, <clears throat> the Rangers lost several faceoffs, as they continue to do, but managed to kill off the penalty with the help of, believe it or not, Tyler Mott who returned to the Rangers for the first time in, I don't know, a month or two. It was great to see him back. Um, for a fourth liner who just kills penalties, he was another outstanding addition at the trading deadline by Drury. Um, he helped while he played for the Rangers, but he hasn't been on the team for forever, it seems like. But boy, do we need players like that in the playoffs. He's another one of these exactly the type of player we need kind of players because he's a straight line north south he has a lot of speed you know he doesn't he's not fancy and in the playoffs you need people like that he's not going to score a lot or make great passes but let me tell you you know he kills penalties like the best of them and he's north south he checks he's responsible defensively and it's great to see him back um so he was back and and he played you know not all that much but he played pretty well when he was in there Anyway, uh, the Penguins ended up getting on the board first again, as they have a lot. With about five minutes left in the first period, on yet another dirty goal. They crowded the net uh, and stormed, you know, the net. And, and the puck was in front of him for about three, Igor, for about three different rebound shots. And the last one got past Shesterkin time after time. Pittsburgh has done this in the series, right? The Ranger defensemen did not really pick up people around the net. Pittsburgh was allowed to get rebound shot after rebound shot. Uh, the Rangers' defense after that goal kind of became a, became a complete sieve again. All kinds of looking around, more weak defensive play. And, ah, man, it, it was tough to watch because you thought, again, it was another one of these games where they go to Pittsburgh and every semblance of how to play defense sort of falls apart. It was just annoying to watch and really disconcerting as a Ranger fan because it's been a tough go this series watching the Rangers try to play defense. 
as a result of that poor play, Pittsburgh banged in another goal and was up 2-0 with four minutes left in the first period. Pittsburgh had scored two goals in about a minute and a half. Ugh. I mean, I was actually surprised at this point that the Rangers did not switch goalies. I was saying before this game that if the Rangers got down by multiple goals in the first period, especially early, you know, maybe not at the end like it happened here, but if they got down 2 nothing, I was thinking that Gallant might switch to Guyorgov earlier just to change up the Rangers' play. And as we talked about, it's not always the goalie's fault when the goalie gets pulled. You know, especially with these playoff games the way the Rangers have been playing defensively, Many of the goals that Shesterkin's given up were not his fault. Deflections, bad, dirty goals, wide open plays. And at this point in the game, that's exactly how it was. Um, it was, again, unacceptable play by the Rangers defensively. And at this point, I really felt like the Rangers did not deserve to win this series because they did not seem capable of learning any lessons from previous games where you just stop running around, you know, gliding with your stick out. You know, you have to actually skate hard and lift people's sticks and get body on body. In any case, the first period ended with the Pittsburgh Penguins holding a 2-0 lead. It was another period where, again, the Rangers' top players did absolutely nothing. Mika, nothing. Kreider, nothing. Panarin, nothing. Strom, nothing. I don't know how the Rangers felt like they could possibly deserve to be here at this point, where at that point, their best players continued to play like friggin' dog shit. It was absolutely embarrassing at that point. Uh, it's just... It's something I've said over and over and over again. I felt like I've said this about 12 times in the playoff with the Rangers' top players, and it had to change. Um, the best line for the Rangers, again, at that point, was the Rangers' kid line. So in the second period, the kids' lines again played pretty well and generated some chances. And once again, early on, the Rangers could not win a face-off, you know, which is basically like saying the sun rises, the sun sets, the sky is blue. You know, at some point in this podcast, I'll tell you something that you couldn't have guessed. But I will state again that the Rangers couldn't win any face-offs. Um, in the beginning of the period, uh, as Pittsburgh was pressuring, again, the Rangers defensively were kind of standing around with some too much stick checking, not enough taking the body. Uh, but... Five minutes into the period, the Rangers finally got a power play because the refs apparently decided at that point we can get one. Um, and the Rangers won a face-off clean on the power play. Imagine that. And as I continue to stress the importance of that, Mika won it. Back to Fox, who quickly passed it to Strong, who quickly got it back to Mika. And Mika buried a one-timer, Zibanejad did. It was a crucial goal, and a goal that got the Rangers to within 2-1. to one. They scored it five seconds into the power play. Face-off, pass, 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 goal. Five seconds. The Rangers' power play has been dynamic. Mika woke up and finally scored a big goal. And this one was huge because the season was on the line here in the second period of an elimination game. Then a minute and a half later, Mika did it again. Came in, blasted another slap shot past the Pittsburgh goalie to tie the game 2-2. I mean, suddenly, as if out of nowhere, because Zibanejad just decided to wake up. He had two goals in under a minute and a half. It energized the Rangers, and they were suddenly flying around the ice. Uh, then, with 12 minutes left in the second period, Mika proceeded to shoot the puck into the stands, unfortunately, trying to clear it in his own zone, and Pittsburgh went on the power play. At that point, maybe about a minute in, not even Rooney 
almost ended the Ranger season because the Rangers were already shorthanded and Rooney took a second penalty while they were shorthanded a minute into the first one for what seemed like absolutely no reason. It was kind of center ice. You know, there was no pressure on either side. There was no danger. It wasn't anywhere near the Rangers goal. And he kind of tripped up one of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it just, it gave the Pittsburgh Penguins a five on three, two man advantage for a minute and seven seconds. And I was like, oh my God, Rooney just ended our season. But the Rangers killed off the first part of the power play, uh, which was Mika. And as Mika broke out of the penalty box, he got a pass and went in all alone on a breakaway and deked on the backhand and hit the post. He almost had, Mika did, a hat trick. Three straight goals in like five minutes. He was like on fire at that point, but it was not to be. And the score remained 2-2, you know, with Pittsburgh still on the power play. I mean, like a Phoenix rising from the ashes. Mika's Abanajad was suddenly on fire somehow, right? With seven minutes left in the first period, Vitrana, Vitrano, I should say, got a high, high stick by Pittsburgh defenseman and the Rangers went on a four minute power play. Um, this was a gigantic opportunity for the Rangers to take the lead and on the power play again, the Rangers cashed in. Believe it or not, on a long outlet pass from Igor Shesterkin, who went to the side, passed it about I don't know, 120 feet up to Zibanejad. Zibanejad broke in, you know, and he and Kreider, he passed it to Kreider, and, and, you know, on a rebound, Kreider shot it. Mika came in, took the shot, Kreider got the rebound, buried it, and the Rangers had yet another power play goal and took a 3-2 lead. The Rangers' power play continues to be spectacular in this series for the most part. They've had a little lull in the middle, but for the most part, it has been great and it has been clutch and it has been crucial to their success. Um, so that put the Rangers up three to two and it was an astounding comeback at that point, you know, but as the Rangers do when they finally take a lead in the series. And because as I said in the last pass, as Ranger fans, we can't have nice things. Uh, Malkin intercepted a true pass, went in on a breakaway, and scored with three minutes left to make it 3-3 again. So the Rangers had a lead briefly, and then they didn't. And, you know, it's just how this series has been. It's been a roller coaster of emotions. If you are a New York Ranger fan, it is nothing but a roller coaster of emotions. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. It is. It has been, you know, one heartbreaking and an exciting moment after another. The Rangers' lead lasted less than three minutes, you know, in this case, because, of course. As the last minutes of the second period went on, both teams traded pretty good chances. No one scored, and the second period ended 3-3. Then, in the third, with the season on the line, there were some early chances on both sides. Um, a few pretty good chances for Pittsburgh. Uh, on one rush, they just missed the net on what looked like it was going to be, you know, the go-ahead goal. It was fairly open net after Malkinzine went out there and passed it a few times. Um, and then the goal of the season so far, late in the third period, as it went on, with a minute and a half left, the Rangers rushed in and Kreider took a slap shot with Mika crossing in front of the goalie. And the goalie's blocker sort of deflected it up and over and behind his head. So it bounced over his head and into the net behind him, bounced down, and the Rangers had a 4-3 lead. 
and it was awesome. It was one of those dirty goals that I've been talking about all friggin' playoffs long that you need to score. Those are the kind. Not three different fancy behind-the-back passes as you cross the blue line, especially here with a minute and a half left. Just cross the blue line, get someone in front of the goalie, and take a shot. That's exactly what the Rangers did. And out of nowhere, Kreider and Mika all of a sudden woke up in this series. Kreider puts the, the puck toward the net. Mika crosses in front of him, kind of def- confuses him a little bit, and the blocker was not really positioned well, and he deflected it sort of straight up over his head. It bounced down behind him, rolled into the net, and the Rangers had a 4-3 lead. And that's exactly the kind of goals that the Rangers have to try to score. It sounds silly to say, but putting pressure defensively, offensively, on the opposing goalie, getting in front of them, making it hard for them, making them uncomfortable, getting rebounds, you have to do that. And that's also why you just have to shoot, shoot, shoot in the playoffs. You just never know. At the end, uh, it was Rangers four, Penguins three with a minute and a half left. Um, with the net empty, Andrew Kopp had an empty net goal, and the Rangers won five to three and moved on to a game seven at the Garden Sunday night, baby. And the Rangers at this point have shown tons of resiliency in the last two games. I was about to have a podcast before the last game when the Rangers were down 3-1 and I thought they were going to lose game five and bow out of the playoffs in five games. A whole different kind of podcast where I was going to talk about a bunch of different things, totally different. Um, I was going to question Gallant and how he was able to coach the team in the playoffs um, and how since Barry Trotz is now available, which I think is, you know, the best, one the absolute best possible coaches to have available. And, you know, I think it might be considered, even though Gallant may win coach of the year, you know, whether or not we might need someone like Trotz. I was considering how well this team was really built for the playoffs, right? With Drury and, and you know, all the praise that was heaped upon him, you know, how well did he build the team? How good a job did he do? You know, kind of thing. So, it's amazing how one, what could have been terrible, awful playoff round, you know, could completely change how this Ranger season was looked upon. Now, if they go ahead and lose game seven here, you know, there'll be discussions about that, but at least to a lesser degree, because they've showed a ton of resiliency in these last two games. And that pretty much has mitigated most of the points that I was thinking about making had the Rangers bat out early. As it ended up happening, Here's what happened. The Rangers have shown resiliency. Two straight elimination playoff games, they were down two to nothing. So you lose the game, your season's over. You're golfing. And you're down two nothing. You come back and win in game five and force a game six. You're down two nothing in game six. You come back and win and you force a game seven. That is some resilient hockey. They showed tons of heart. And all season long, they've been resilient. And it's continuing At least now we're seeing that in the playoffs. It didn't seem that way through four games. But right now, they look like a resilient team that's headed home to play what is an epic Game 7. We'll have to see if Crosby makes an appearance or not in Game 7. But it should be a very, very exciting Game 7 back at Madison Square Garden. And I expect the atmosphere and the crowd to be just bonkers Sunday night. So let's go, Rangers. And I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. And please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. I will be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.